Brothers and sisters, we greet those of you who have joined us on live stream, those who are tuning in all over the world, those who are part of the body of Christ, the aggregate body of Christ, the remnant. See, God, God has a remnant that's on the earth. Uh, it's, a, it's a remnant that cannot be stamped out. Part of the purpose of God, the people of God. I have to ask, are you glad that you are able to gather together in a place with a good spiritual climate? You talk to people and they're like, isn't the weather nice? Well, we can say that to one another. Isn't the weather nice? There are very few places out there in the world quite like this place we have come to in Christ Jesus. In here, the air is fresh, isn't it? You can breathe in here. You can be free in here. Anywhere the people of God gather together in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ, pressing in together by faith. See, they will find that inside that place, the sun is shining and the water is sweet. The Lord has given us and all his remnant who are meeting around the world in the spirit another day in this environment. He's given us another day in this precious environment, a holy environment. A peaceful environment. The assembly of the saints of God is like a spiritual greenhouse where growth is accelerated in the unity of the spirit and in the bond of peace. There's no place quite like this place, is there? We give thanks for it, brethren. Outside of this place are weary lands, harsh deserts where there is no water, and there are swampy marsh places where the water has been stagnant. The water flows in, but it doesn't flow out. Marshy places. There are cold, barren landscapes where nothing can grow and nothing can live. There are places out there where God simply does not dwell or work in, speaking as a man. There are places that sap your energy and contaminating places Filled with spiritually radioactive fallout, so to speak. Places that promote ungodliness and sin. Dark places. Places that are filled with all kinds of distracting influences. Places that are the seat of Satan. Places where he is highly active. But this place is not. And not ought to be like those places. This is a hiding place. This is a refuge. This is the house of the Lord. This is our Father's house. If there's any place on earth where a child of God most belongs, it's in here. Today I want to focus on this essential truth. That knowing how the world is outside, full of spiritual deserts and wastelands, as I just mentioned, that Jesus has been declared to be according to the prophet Isaiah. And a man shall be as a hiding place from the wind, and as a covert from the tempest, and as of rivers of water in a dry place, as the shadow of a great rock in a weary land. This is good news. This is good news, and it's something that needs to be shouted from the rooftops today. We have a covert from the tempest. When Adam sinned and sin entered into the world, God cursed the ground for his sake. 
What God had made very good was now cursed because of sin. No longer would it yield itself to man, but would bring forth thorns and thistles, and man would eat bread by the sweat of his brow. The effects of sin caused a righteous God to curse the ground that men stood upon. This caused man's environment to become hazardous to life in his body. Suddenly there were forces in nature that man had to contend with in order to survive. Exposure to the elements of heat and cold and laboring for food. And today, although the resources exist within this world to sustain human life, man must continue to strive against the elements and that with much hardship in order to obtain the sustenance. Nature in this is God's witness, testifying to the reality in the spiritual realm concerning the course of this world. Wherever sin dominates, there also exists an environment that is contrary to life in Christ. Even environments that may appear to be stable on the surface, where men would say peace and safety, can be environments that actually provoke the Lord. While Jesus came to earth and experienced the heat of the sun and the sufferings common to all men, his greatest suffering besides the suffering of the cross was being a sinless man who was subjected to unbelieving men in an environment of sin. He often said things like, Oh, faithless and perverse generation, how long shall I be with thee? How long shall I suffer you? He suffered. Jesus suffered the contradiction of sinners against himself. That was suffering. He suffered being tempted. And if he is in you, you will experience in your measure this very same thing. These environments will chafe against your soul. You'll often, as a disciple of Christ, find yourself in places against your will that you find not only distracting, but outright offensive. To the man who is close to the Lord, who has been renewed in the spirit of his mind, these environments are always repulsive. They're, They're places that we don't prefer to be, but yet, We have to be in the world. Not of the world, but in the world. You know, sometimes one of the companies I've worked for in the past would have these Christmas parties at the casino. And every time I was invited, I thanked them for the invitation, but I always declined. One year I was questioned by a fellow employee why I was willing to miss out on such a good time. One person even said, if it's because you're a Christian, you don't, you don't have to gamble. Come on, you don't have to gamble. You can just come there and eat some good steak. And I asked him right back. I said, all right, fair enough. How would you like to go out to, to lunch next week? And they're like, oh, well, where are we going to go? I said, we can pack a picnic lunch and take it down in the sewer. 
That's all right. You don't have to swim in the water. We just go down there and eat our picnic lunch right down there in the sewer. See, there are some environments when you can perceive them for what they really are. They are repulsive. It's not against our religion to go to the casino. It's against our nature to go to the casino. I lose my appetite when I have to sit in an environment that promotes selfishness and greed and has pierced people through with many sorrows. I just can't eat in a place that makes its living from preying on ignorant people. A place that's caused people to lose their entire livelihood. I, I just, I can't prefer that. And, it, and, and I don't want to digress here from our, from our topic at point. But these environments, not only are they repulsive, but they have a gravity in them that pulls people away from God. There's a contagious factor. See, people need to, need to think of sin as like Ebola. There's a contaminating, there's a contaminating factor to other people's sin. It's a contaminant. There's a permeating spiritual radiation that slowly wears on a person's thoughts and mind. And they have the potential then, since they affect your thoughts and since they affect your mind, they have the potential to affect your heart. If you linger in these environments, and especially if you willingly linger in these environments when you have the opportunity not to, and let your guard down, and don't take heed to yourself. It will dull your sensitivity to God. It will cause your resolve to weaken, and before long, you'll be thinking like they think. Evil communications corrupt good manners. That is always the truth. That is always the truth. Evil communications corrupt good manners. The second that you willingly open yourself up to an evil communication, it dulls you spiritually. The iron sharpens iron. But there are some things that don't sharpen iron. They dull iron. Wood, hay, and stubble dull iron. And you'll find in just about every situation where a person has backslidden, you will find that they were exposed to someone or something that influenced that departure. We're talking today about Jesus being the hiding place and a covert and a shadow of a great rock in a weary land. He's a hiding place from the wind. You know, there's a, there's a spiritual wind about us in the world. Like the natural wind, you can't anticipate when it comes, where it originated from, where it's going. There are contrary thoughts that arise in our minds on a daily basis that seem to come from nowhere. There are strong winds of delusion that are blowing by the, by the course of this world, by the prince of the power of the air. Winds of doctrine of demons that have the capacity to toss men to and fro. There are winds of distraction designed to blow you off course. Yeah. There are winds intended by the enemy to move people who doubt God. Yeah. 
As James said, he that wavereth is like a wave of the sea, driven with the wind and tossed. Jesus is a hiding place from these winds. A man is a hiding place. A man is a hiding place. God has entrusted a man with your refuge. Praise God he's entrusted not me with my refuge. He's entrusted a a man shall be a hiding place. Not a practice. Not a routine. Not a procedure. Not an idea. Not a method. A man. A man shall be a hiding place. This is a cause for great rejoicing because Jesus does all things well. There's not anything that Jesus does that he fails at. I'm I'm thankful that Jesus is our hiding place. Go to him. He knows how to hide you. He does all things well. All things have been given to him. All things are subject to him. He's highly exalted. He's seated far above all principality and power and dominion and might. He has all of the knowledge. He has all of the resources. And he has all of the authority to save you. A person who is abiding in Christ cannot be moved with the wind. There's a rooting and a grounding and an anchoring. The shield of faith quenches all of the fiery darts of the enemy. Because of who our faith is in. The same way Jesus is a covert from the tempest. In this world every child of God will experience a raging tempest. Of some sort. There are tempests of strong opposition and persecution. They can include seasons of great difficulty. Sorrow and heaviness of heart. Many times you must pass through the fires of trial. We must through much tribulation enter the kingdom of heaven. There are situations in our lives that can and will quickly appear, at least on the surface, to be totally out of control. To be like the, like the disciples who were in the boat, and the boat was about the capsize, but Jesus was in the back asleep, see. Even in the midst of turmoil and tribulation, In the midst of enemy territory where the fighting is fierce, Jesus can provide for us as the psalmist wrote. Thou preparest a table before me in the presence of mine enemies. Thou anointest my head with oil, my cup runneth over. Even when the environment is hostile and agitating, the promise stands. Thou wilt keep him in perfect peace. Whose mind is stayed on thee because he trusteth in thee. Talking today about a man has been appointed to be a refuge. God has not left us without a place of refuge. It's all throughout the scripture. This principle is all throughout the scripture. When Lot fled from Sodom, there was a place of refuge that was appointed. When Moses fled from Pharaoh, there was a place of refuge that he went to. When, when the spies were hid by Rahab, see, there was refuge in that situation. When David fled from Saul, the Lord provided him with a refuge. If you remember in the law, manslayers who accidentally killed someone, they had a city of refuge that they could flee to. Mary and Joseph, they fled for refuge from Herod. There was a place appointed. There was a place that God appointed. 
If there is danger, God is always righteous to provide a refuge to be sought. It has to be sought now. It has to be appropriated. God provided the refuge, but we've got to get to the refuge. Even if you've got to open up the ceiling and lower yourself down. Even if you've got to crawl through a crowd of people if you've got an issue of blood. Even if you have to go blind down an entire city to the pool of Siloam and wash. You've got to get yourself to Jesus. No matter what the cost, you've got to get yourself to him. But there is a refuge, praise God, that he's provided. He's provided. A person who makes his habitation in the Son of God and abides in him will not be driven away by the wind and will not be overcome in the tempest. This man, Jesus Christ, is God's sole means of anchoring you steadily in an environment that seeks to toss you about. We flee for refuge that is in Christ that we may lay hold upon the hope that is set before us. But we are not only fleeing from the enemy. Ultimately, in Christ, we are fleeing for refuge from God himself. There's a wrath that is coming. It's a, there's a wrath. There's a wrath to come. We're fleeing from the wrath to come. A, a real storm is coming. We haven't seen the storm yet. A real storm is coming as the cup of the wrath of Almighty God is filling up. God is long-suffering and merciful, but there is coming a day when God is going to deal with unrepentant sinners. God was long-suffering in the days of Noah, but there came a time that he was sorry that he made man, and he said, I will destroy man who I have created from the face of the earth. And just as Noah found grace in the eyes of the Lord and refuge from that deluge, Jesus delivers us from the wrath to come. A very real wrath of God is coming at the end of the world. To be the target of his wrath will include the experience of being destroyed with an everlasting destruction. It's coming upon all those who have sinned and are sinning against God. See, sin must be forgiven, but also the expression of sin must be ceased. And when we're living in a contrary environment that wants to perpetuate sin, we need a hiding place and we need a covert And we need a deliverer. And we need a redeemer. And we need a protector. And that is the man, Jesus Christ. Your sin can be forgiven. And you, like Noah, can be hidden in the ark and shut away by the Lord. Remember it says that that the Lord shut him in. We can be, doesn't that sound good? We can be shut in. And Jesus is a river of water in the desert. When Moses led the Israelites through the waters of the Red Sea, they found themselves in the wilderness. Just delivered from Egypt, passed through the waters, found themselves in a wilderness. There wasn't any food or water there. God had to sustain them or they would have died. And we're no different. You passed through the waters of baptism, you were brought out of Egypt, you were delivered. And now you find yourself in a spiritual wilderness. 
And you've got to depend on God just as they depended on God for your sustenance. Some places are calm places, yeah. but they're dry places. Yeah. There's no water in those places. There's no activity in those places. No one speaks about the Lord. No one promotes the things of God. All other sources have dried up. There's no method of sustaining anything that's living. There's environments like that out there. Jesus can give you thoughts in these dry places that are capable of sustaining life. Jesus is the bread of life. He, He offers those who ask living water. Not only is Jesus the source of living water, if he lives in you, this water will actually spring up in you. Jesus said, he that believeth on me, as the scripture has said, out of his belly shall flow rivers of living water. Now suddenly, those who you encounter in these dry, arid places, who are thirsty souls, will be drawn to the water that is springing out of you. The world is a wicked place. It's full of perils that threaten to overthrow the faith of the saints. We do not war against flesh and blood, but principalities and powers we do war against. Yes. They're, they're going to make sure that they're going to use everything at their disposal. Yeah. Amen. In this world, there are scathing winds and tempests that toss men to and fro. That drown men in destruction and perdition. Dry places where life cannot exist. Filled with scorching heat. Mm -hmm. And there are thirsty souls that you encounter that will need a drink in these places. Mm -hmm. Jesus is the answer to all the bad weather and opposition that we encounter on the road to glory. He can shade a man from the heat of the ungodly for he knows how to deliver the ungodly. He can make living in a fallen world not only bearable, but productive and in a manner that glorifies God. He is a hiding place from the wind-driven tempests. He can provide you with water in a place where it normally can't be found. In other words, Jesus is the only one capable of sustaining you in an environment that would otherwise kill you. Looking to Jesus and by faith pressing in, having your mind stayed on him, actually creates another environment inside of the environment that you're in. Paul and Silas were in their prison cell, despairing of life. No, they were singing and praising God in prison. There was another environment there within that environment. And it had an effect on somebody, didn't it? Yes. See, they, they weren't confined by their situation. They weren't confined, even though the environment was contrary, because they were in this covert. They, there was a, they were in their own environment, so to speak. Amen. And by faith, you've got that same kind of access. The same access that Paul and Silas had, you've got it by faith too. Your light can shine as well in these dark places. Other people might even be provoked to ask a reason for the hope that's in you. They may turn aside and wonder why the winds can blow everyone over but you. 
they might ask how you can be so positive in a time like this. Why are you happy all the time? They might ask how you can keep going on in a land so dry and thirsty. They might turn aside and wonder that the bush burns, but it's not consumed. How the leaves on the trees all around are falling down, but yours are evergreen. Be ready to give them a reason for the hope that is in you. There's a man that God appointed. Sometimes do you feel weary in this world? Do you feel like you're about to faint or give up? Take courage now. Be strong. Quit you like men. Be strong. That's a word. Somebody's, uh, if somebody's, well, I just don't know if I, you tell them, be strong. That's what you tell them. Jesus himself will provide the shades, shelter, and sustenance. Go to him. Get you to Jesus. Cast your cares on him. See, he cares for you. Look to him. Consider him that endured such contradiction of sinners against himself, lest you be wearied in your minds and faint. That's the liability. Why? Because it's, it's bad out there. It's bad out there. But we have a covert. God declared and then prepared a man to be a hiding place, a refuge from the deluge of the tempests when they rage, a helper in a shelter from the gusts of winds that blow, the winds of sin and doubt that always toss men to and fro. He's a river and the giver of living water flowing free. In him resting, there's a blessing and it flows out from you and me. In drinking, we are thinking, our minds are renewed and are nursed. And the overflow and afterglow draws those who have a thirst. The world is hurled in darkness and in places sin abound. But in Christ is light. And in the night, a covert can be found. A special place within the space of the depressing atmosphere. A table's prepared. It's stable and fair. And the blessing that is here. A man we stand upon. Not programs, procedures, or plans. But a person, he is certain to keep those firmly in his hand. Amen. Thank you, brethren. Amen.